Today's scripture is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, the conversion of Nineveh. This is on the front of your bulletin or on the screen. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim it to the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone great and small put on a sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever wondered if God changes God's mind? I've heard people ask that. Well, there you have it. Read the last verse. You just heard it. He changed his mind. God changed God's mind. You better believe our prayers matter. They make a difference. I I have always seen prayer as a small, small key. So small you can barely hold it. But it's all you need to open heaven's gate and unleash the full power of God. Let us pray. Lord, when we think it is us, remind us it is you. When we are surrounded by need, and we gather food and clothing, remind us it is you. When people are cold and find warmth, remind us it is you. For you have changed our hearts and made such generosity and such giving possible. Remind us that we are yours and we are grateful. Amen. Welcome to the worst revival in the history of the world. This was certainly no Billy Graham crusade. Let me tell you, I've served churches anywhere close to a Billy Graham crusade. A couple of times, in fact. And a year before the crusade begins, you start getting save-the-date cards. And you get them about once a month for three months. And then nine months out, it's once a week. And then you get invitations to your congregation. Would you like to be trained as a spiritual counselor? My goodness, they're training people to bring people to Christ. This thing was so organized 
If you ever wanted to know how to put on a huge event, go watch a Billy Graham crusade, or his sons now. It's amazing how they prepare an entire community from start to finish. And then we get this revival. No nice building with comfortable seating. There's no carpet. No fancy lighting to catch the evangelist in his best light. There is no singing, singing of I surrender all. In fact, there's no singing of anything. When was the last time, Phil, you were at a revival and there was no music? Well, you just attended one at the world's worst revival. I mean, there wasn't even an altar call. Everyone knows you end every single night with an altar call. It's how it's done. And this evangelist, what a piece of work he was. Not only was he not friendly, he was downright hostile. The Assyrians had raided his country. They had left everything in ruin. Jonah could care less if the Ninevites listened or not. They were part of that nation. When was the last time you attended a revival when the pastor didn't quote a single piece of scripture. Most of the revivals I attend, you get read half the Bible before you're allowed to leave the building. When was the last time you went to a revival and no one invoked the presence of the Holy Spirit to come and be present in full glory and to move and bring fire? And bring wind, praying for Holy Ghost power to fill every heart. Jonah? Oh, none of that. How would you feel if I stood in this pulpit and I said, we're going to have a revival. Now, I need to tell you, the pastor I have invited, well, he doesn't like you. Truth be told, he really hates you. His message will only be five words long, but they will be filled with gloom and doom. How are you going to die or something like that? Nothing but condemnation without a shred of hope or grace in it. Now notice Jonah's message didn't say, you're going to die, but if you do this, you can be saved. He didn't say that last part. He just said, the good, you're going to die part. No power of the Holy Spirit. No story of the love of God. He won't care if you listen or not. In fact, he hopes you won't listen. He doesn't want you to repent. He wants you to die. In fact, on the day of your destruction, 
this evangelist will climb a high hill, whatever qualifies as a high hill and rock hill, overlooking the city to celebrate every drop of your blood God spills. You anxious for revival? This is the person God chose to preach throughout Nineveh. Lame preaching, lame preacher, lame message. This is evangelism at its very worst. Any one of us, even if we have ever tried to introduce someone to the love and the name of Jesus, not even once, could still do a better job than Jonah did on our very first try. We could just muddle our way through. We could bumble and stumble all the way to the end and do better than Jonah did. And what happened as a result of Jonah's seriously pathetic attempt to preach to a nation? 120,000 people from top to bottom, from the king to those Jesus called the least among you, every single person in Nineveh repented. Jonah's lame, paltry, trifling evangelism saved a city of 120,000 people. And if God can work that miracle with such a sorry evangelist, I can't help but wonder what miracle God could do, how many people God could save with our best, lamest efforts. You see, I think that's what I've been doing wrong. As your pastor, I have been trying to teach you how to do evangelism and how to do it well. We have had classes on evangelism for every person who was in the church at the time. We have held well-planned community events just to get to know the people around us. We have learned the importance of building authentic relationships with people of becoming part of their lives and of finally sharing the good news with them because our care for them is genuine. Harry and I have even wandered through our neighborhood stopping to talk with anyone we happen to see in their yards or driveways. Taking every step we could, inviting speakers 
and reading books and writing book reports that we shared with the rest of the evangelism committee, all to accomplish one goal, to do evangelism well. Evidently, all of that is wrong. Everything I've been trying to teach you is wrong. According to the story of Jonah, God sets a much lower bar for evangelism. Forget about building friendships and relationships. People we talk to be total strangers. We don't have to know them. We don't have to like them. According to this story, we can even hate them. We can want them dead. We can hope that they will refuse to hear anything we have to say and meet their fated destruction head on. We can run through the streets of York County shouting just one sentence at the top of our lungs and our mission is done. Lame evangelists, evangelists, preaching a lame message without God in it anywhere. Just one thing. Just one thing is required. We have to do it. We have to do it. An entire crew of sailors had their lives put at risk because Jonah said no to doing God's work of evangelism. Jonah was thrown into the tumultuous waves because he said no to doing God's work of evangelism. And Jonah got swallowed by a big fish and spent three days in the belly of that fish because he said no to doing God's work of evangelism. I want you to notice something. God did not punish Jonah for preaching the worst sermon in the history of the world. God did not punish Jonah for hating the Ninevites and wanting to see them dead. God did not punish Jonah for doing everything he could to fail. God only punished Jonah for not trying, for running away, for saying no to God's work of evangelism. So let's get to work, people of God. I want to encourage you this morning. Preach lame sermons. Hope the people you preach to will refuse to hear you. That way you get to preach more lame sermons to them. Hurry off after you yell five words at them so you don't have to get to know them. 
But most importantly, do it. Do it feebly, do it badly, do it pathetically, do it sadly, do it horribly, but do it. Because the county you save may be your own. Amen.